welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Joel Elston here. Today is Thursday, March the 8th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Your first daily dose of happy. And we have about a foot of snow on the ground and there's a snowblower outside, which you're probably hearing. So that's all that is, Joel. So I'm going to turn it over to you for a second while that goes away and tell us how are things going with you. Well, things are incredibly good here. Fortunately, we don't have a, a bit of snow on the ground, and we probably are going to get up to about 50 or 60 degrees today. So we're in a little bit better shape than you are for that. Uh, but it's it's uh, things in central Virginia are beautiful. We've had incredible weather. Uh, we have uh, uh, tended – it seemed to be a pretty mild winter for us. So, uh, But, again, regardless of what is or isn't, it's our interpretation of, of the – the events that matter. So it's been a great winter, and uh, we're only about shockingly probably about what thirteen days away from spring. So uh, it, it's uh, always a new time, a great time. I mean, that's just crazy to be that close to spring. I mean, I, there was there was a time just a few weeks ago where I, where I was like many people thinking, when is spring going to come? And now it's almost here. Right, and it, it's just uh, you know we we've had shows before where we talked about um, time and the perception of time, and uh, you know I. I I'm amazed that my perception of time, you know, is, is and, and I'm not complaining, life's great, but it's just, it's almost like you wake up and then it's spring, then it's summer, and then, you know, it's, it's amazing how fast it goes. Uh, and, and I've heard people say, well, you're not living in the moment when you're doing that, um, but it, it really, it, you know, I, I do feel I am. It's, I enjoy life so much. It's not that I'm, you know, and I plan on being around for a long time, so I'm glad that uh, it's exciting and fulfilling, and that's sort of our topic today. Absolutely. Of living in the now or living in the moment. Yeah. And, and it sort of matches. No, it matches up beautifully. I mean, and it all depends on how you look at this stuff. I mean, Louise is thrilled. Here it is mid-March, and Louise is absolutely thrilled we're getting another snowstorm, probably the biggest one we've had all season. <laughs> she can't get enough of it. Now, bear in mind, she has a gardening services business that needs to open in about two or three weeks, but she doesn't care. It is going to be what it is. One of the, one of the things in life that happened, and you and I are in complete agreement on this, is the the you know whether or not we want the snow or we don't want the snow the snow is there so our interpretation or our understanding I'm glad Louise has that mindset even though it would behoove her for there to be no snow on the ground the fact that there is she's enjoying it that that's sort of the point of life there that metaphorically there's always going to be snow on the ground or not and it's our response to it is what matters interestingly I asked her last night why does she like having snow so much and I thought it was going to be an answer of, well, she likes to go cross-country skiing. That's her, her new thing to do in the wintertime. But that wasn't her answer at all. Her answer was, it makes everything look pretty. Yes, yes. And, and you know, in, in fact, I've heard other people say that you know, there's, a, there's a sound, there's an insulation of when snow's on the ground. And it, it, whether it, it's subtle, but it changes sounds in the environment. It, it, oh, yeah. it makes everything, it, it, it insulates sound. Uh, is it's you know when there's no wind uh, and there's a foot of snow on the ground and and there's sun out you you can have that moment where it's it's closest to silence as you can get in nature at times um, but, you know because it it does insulate a lot of sound and there's not a lot of movement and so I it is absolutely beautiful um, and and I if it's here I can enjoy the beauty of it and it's not here and I'm certainly enjoying the lack of it so either way uh, it's it, it, it's a good thing to do but I I I, I was taken this week in particular about 
you know, so much, so many of the people that I'm working with uh, have have a historical uh, knowledge that defeats them. It, it is, is false information, it's experiences they've had uh, that that puts them in such a negative place because they, 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 they live in the past, they live in what happened. And, you know, the, the living in the now, living in the present moment is such a part of the law of attraction because it, it, it appreciates where you're at right now. And we've talked about this in many different forms and fashion over the times that we do in shows together. But I'm really seeing just how much power exists in now and how powerless it is to be living in yesterday or the fear of tomorrow. And uh, one of the manifestation things, and I, I, I don't know if you remember, this is hilarious to me and almost called you over the week during the last Thursday show. One of the examples I was using was, you know, an IRS letter, getting an IRS letter. Uh, when I checked the mail after the show, I had a letter from the IRS. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I, I literally laughed. I said, you know, oh my goodness, we were just talking. Now, it was a benign letter. It was acknowledging my, my new federal ID tax number and all this. But it was, it, but you, I, I laughed because we talked about getting the, the IRS letter and then dreading it and opening it up and, it, you know, whatever it is, it is. And uh, so within that, you know, I unintentionally attracted an IRS letter last week. That's uh, pretty wild. And it, it, <laughs> it, it, it had no bearing on anything. But it, it is about that moment where you, you know, we, we can have an event happen 20 years ago. And it has power. And, it, it, you know, we can view it as trauma. Uh, we can view it as whatever we want to view it as. But it is a powerful event that happened in our life. And it, it, it sticks with us. And it drives us. And it, it, it really can de- debilitate us. And uh, that one event, it creates factors in today versus the idea that, you know, we, we have – 365 days a year, nothing goes crazy wrong. And one day that something goes really crazy wrong. It's that one event that sticks with us and it, it, it turns us in, it, it flags itself as a, oh my God, I don't ever want that to happen again. And, and it, it just, you think about that. And we, we have these past memories and we have the fear of the future. And most of those fears, most fear of the future is based on historical things that we perceive have gone wrong in the past. And being stuck in the middle of all that is so difficult because right now, at this moment, things are fine. You know, we're, no matter what's going on in your life at this moment, we're fine. And, and it, if you can appreciate that the law of attraction responds to your emotions and your feelings and all the stuff, the vibration, and when your vibration is everything's fine, that's, you're getting more back of that. Everything's good. But when you're worried about tomorrow, Worry is its own vibration, and, and the law of attraction is very capable of bringing all the things in the world you want to worry about if you allow that to happen. And, yeah, and that that, it's such a, a relevant piece to how to functionally use the law of attraction is living in the moment, being at the moment where and being conscious of how good things are right now. Yeah, that, that's an amazing thing to worry. It's amazing because, we and I've talked about it with a number of the co-hosts lately, there doesn't seem to be any useful purpose for worry. I, I, I keep looking for one. I mean, it exists, and lots of people experience it, but what is its purpose? I, I'm not really sure. Have you ever been able to figure out what the purpose of worry is? Well, my theory is, you know, worry does, at least it has 
uh, origin of purpose. You know, the, I, I think the idea that we do need to be cognitively aware of what's happening. I think the underlying thing of, huh, there is a car going down the road at 100 miles an hour. I don't need to step in the middle of the road is, you know, I need to be concerned about that. Mm. I think there's a base of worry that, that keeps us safe. You know, there's an instinct, you know, the, the, I don't need to go into, you know, a, a burning building or, you know, that stove is burning red hot. I probably don't need to touch the burner there. there I think there's an origin of caution, but our society and in, in, as humans, as we have grown, you know, back in the, probably the origins of, of, of worry. Uh, uh, again, you're, you're, you're in the middle of, uh, the, the, the wilderness and you're, you're, you know, the caveman days and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, this, this massive tiger is chasing you. Well, you probably better be worried about that. That's a concern. <laughs> Let's stop. I, I need to walk I'm not sure cautiously. I really want, I'm not sure I want to be worried about it. I think I probably run as fast <laughs> as possible, but worry's going to slow well, me down. Well, right. Well, <laughs> well, but the worry, the worry piece, the origins of worry is probably enough to keep you aware of your environment. If you didn't have any concern, you would be surprised. All you know, you'd be like. Oh my God! You know, I've, I've had a watering hole at dawn, uh, drinking out of the pond, and I'm shocked that this tiger is now ripping my shoulder off. Uh, it, worry puts you in position to survey your environment, see where you're at, and take caution. I know parent the like the parental instinct for moms is there. There's a reason that moms worry about things. It, it's a protective force for their kids. I, they need to scan the horizon for problems and 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 prevent them now that's the origins we talk about the origin right but the the current day value is i completely agree we have like anything else the 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 thing the reason worry existed a long time ago doesn't really have much sense now and what happens is we worry becomes a thing itself and there's it releases a bunch of chemicals there's there's fight or flight responses and there's stress chemicals that go along with worry, and it's a very debilitating thing. But I also think that worry for some people is an addictive uh, uh, event. Mm. It, it has addiction attached to it because the the chemicals released, while they are nasty and unsettling, they do they do give people some feeling of comfort. On I know people that my mom, you know, who who passed away last year. Uh, great lady, I, I love her very much, but her big thing in life is worry. And she, she worried about, she would just create things to worry. Now I know her history and her, the trauma as a child growing up in an alcoholic family. So I know where she needed to worry in her mind, worry would somehow help her get through the evening. Mm. When she'd get home, her drunk father would be there. Uh, she didn't need to have friends over because he's going to be raising hell with everybody. So worry played a role in, in, in her perception was worry kept trouble at bay. Now, worry doesn't do any of that, mm. but it's her perception. Right. As a society, we're taught to worry. You know, the the Weather Channel wants you to worry, not because they really care about you. But if there's a hurricane coming, you're <laughs> going to watch the, the Weather Channel. Their ratings are going to go up. Uh, they're going to charge more. The, the Weather Channel needs hurricanes to make money, so they sell worry. Now, well, be well, careful. well, snowstorms yeah, also work too. Snowstorms are great advertising sellers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and so you know, I, I look at at you know, for example, last year we had uh, 
uh, a major hurricane that was bearing down on Florida. And, you know, it, it, and it, it's one of those, it was one of those really bad ones. It was going to hit Florida as a category four. And if it hit Tampa Bay at a certain angle, they were estimating, you know, uh, there'd be a 12 foot tide surge and the entire Tampa Bay area could be wiped out. And, and, you know, there was panic and everybody left the area and it, it came up Florida and had a reverse. It, ironically, it had a reverse effect. Instead of blowing a bunch of water up into Tampa Bay, it sucked all the water out of Tampa Bay. And it, for the first time, <laughs> it, it, there, there was no water in Tampa Bay. It was, it was almost sort of funny that everybody's worried about this flooding and, the, and you have the entire Tampa Bay dry with fish flopping around. And, uh, and, and then, of course, the next worry was when all the water is going to come rushing back and flood the area. It didn't. It just came in and filled up again. Uh, it, it, but the the concept of worry was originally intended, I believe, as just a cautionary sort of survival technique. But over the years, has no real value today. In fact, it has a re- reverse. It, it isn't a benign thing. Worry is is one of the most destructive patterns that us modern day humans have because we worry constantly about things and societal norms are to worry and talk about problems and, and, and do that. And we, we, we deal with this every week. That's sort of the law of attraction at work in the opposite way. Worry that, that old saying that you hear me say often, worry is actually praying for what you don't want. That's true. Yeah. In fact, I, I'm remembering as you're talking about this, uh, something that the science fiction novelist Robert Heinlein invented for one or more of his novels. I know he used it in, a, in at least a couple of places. He invented a little child's rhyme to describe the, the whole worry situation and kind of to make fun of it at the same time. And the rhyme went like this. When in peril or in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, it, 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 I, I use this with clients all the time. Like, you know, the, the, it, it's, it's, and, and they know me well enough to appreciate I'm not being evil when I do this. Uh, but I will say stuff like, uh, well, let's worry about it some more. Let's see how that helps. That's right. <laughs> and they'll, they'll, and, and they're like, what? I go, well, let, let's just, let's spend the next part of the hour worrying about this problem. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they'll respond to me like, well, well, that that's not effective at all. Exactly, but you 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 almost you almost have to have this awakening to see what you're doing with that. And and we as as you know, sort of like uh, our appendix, the organ that we that is not a necessary organ today. There was a time it was part of the immune system, and they estimate that it could have played a bigger role than it does today. But as our evolution happened, it didn't really need to exist. I mean, it, you could take it out and not really have any difference in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the appendix had a reason. Worry is the appendix of emotion, I, I call it. it oh, it, that's a good way to look it at had, it. Yeah, it, at some point, there's origins in it. But in today's world, there is there is really no survey because we're not facing those doesn't mean we don't have things to, to be concerned about but actual the the evolution of worry is this this preoccupation with the inevitable what you're feeling is an inevitable uh negative event happening when in reality i like to have a, the opposite i like to have a preoccupation with the inevitable positive event happening Mm. I, I I know it's going to work out, and and so I try to do the opposite of worry. I don't know exactly what that term is, but uh, uh, I I like to feel 
that, you know, and, and, and that's sort of what's happened in my life. I'm anticipating the next best, best thing. No matter what happens, the, the good event coming out of that is going to be exciting and positive. So uh, I, I live that way, and that's sort of the, the law of attraction at work. If, if you really boil the law of attraction, this is it. I mean, as far as what we're trying to focus on helping people understand the, the, you know, the power of now or the concepts of living in the now, there's, there's, this has been talked about for, you know, from Buddha times, you know, way before right. that, even in the, 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 the ancient uh, philosophers clearly saw where this is an important thing to live right now. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. The past is not as not relevant at all. But right now, but we we as humans have evolved to these worry characters uh, that and, and I know I don't know and this I was going to get your input on this too. Uh, is this a more of a United States thing or is it? And I'm, I know other other cultures, but I happen to know a lot of like Russian friends, and they don't worry about anything. They're just prepared for what you know. They've been through so much. Their their concept in life is whatever happens, we're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And, uh, you know, the, the house burns down, no problem. Let's finish our workout. We'll get a new house after the workout. You know, that, that's sort of my Russian friend's view on life. My American friends are, let, let's worry about everything that can go wrong and be prepared for the outcome. Now, I don't know, if, again, if it's you know, j- just cultural or what. And that would be an interesting study for a philosopher. I have no idea. I mean, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a good question, and I don't really have a good answer for it. The only, only thing I have an answer for you is you, you asked what might be the opposite of worry, and my submission might be relax. Possibly. And uh, why I say possibly, not to be disagreeable, no, but no, no, I, no. I think worry is, is an active state. It's more of a frantic state. To me, relax is like, eh. Uh, it's like, I'm cool. <laughs> but it's not a fran- – I, I like that frantic so positive you, you, on the other side. You're looking for a frantic they're, positive? They're, okay. Know. So something more like uh, uh, exhilaration. Exhilaration or relaxed on steroids or, you know, caffeinated <laughs> relaxed. Relaxed you know. on steroids. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's funny. But, but you know, you – you get my point. You know, worry is this frantic preoccupation. When you're relaxed, you're like, oh, this feels great. And, and you're, not, you're not really in that state of, of much. Whereas as that exhilarated, I, I'm actively, I love the day. I love to see what happens in the day. I'm looking forward to the next event. Uh, amazing things continue to happen. And living in that, that is, is, a, is that vortex that the uh, Abraham and, and, you know, the, that, that crew talk about, you know, living in that vortex and that field. To me, that's, that is, for those that don't understand, that's more of an, to me, living in the vortex is the opposite of the, uh, uh, of, of worry, but that's, you know, okay. that, that doesn't match with most people's understanding. No, well, actually, our, our listeners are fairly sophisticated, we found. They're, they're pretty well up to date on what the, the law of attraction current teachings are, so I wouldn't be surprised if most of them know what the vortex is. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Sure. Something also came up yesterday when I was talking with Wendy during the afternoon podcast, and I promised I would uh, ask you about it, see what you think. We were talking about a section from the book, The Law of Attraction, The Basics of the Teachings of Abraham. And in that section, uh, Wendy made a comment that essentially said, uh, when we are taking control of our emotional set point and, and moving ourselves up and down that scale, I mean, Abraham usually talks about 
uh, moving up and down incrementally so you can because it's too far to reach to to do a big jump but she said it actually is possible to jump from say on a scale of one to ten jump from like a one to a six or a one to a seven instantly the problem she says is that if you haven't spent any time on the intermediary steps in between them you're just as likely to fall back down to one and that led me to think well that sounds a lot like bipolarism and we were wondering together is it possible that a bipolar person is somebody who's never really spent a lot of time on the intermedi <clears throat> intermediary steps? So I said, well, I'll ask Joel. Joel's got psychotherapeutic training. Let's see what he has to say. So what do you think? Is, is that part of what bipolar is about? Well, it, it, I think for some people it absolutely could be. Let, let's always have our disclaimer. Bipolar is a real condition that is diagnosed and needs to be dealt with with a psychiatrist. However, I do believe there are many people that are considered bipolar that are misdiagnosed as wrong, and possibly that's the exact point. Huh. Um, I have a colleague that is very – he's a, a traditional therapist that has, has recently been um, exposed to the law of attraction and, and is probably – he's relatively new to it, loves the concept, and is is maybe one of the most efficient manifestors I've ever seen. Really? He's great at it. Amazing. However, supporting what you're saying, because he hasn't dealt with it long, he can manifest up to a, a 9 or 10 using a scale, like getting that boom, and then all of a sudden back down to a 2. So it, it, it is sort of like a, a muscle memory for using a physical type thing. I do believe exactly that the more you're versed at it, there, there's I'll use a bodybuilder or a weightlifting analogy. Is, is for years I've been lifting weights, and there's a term called muscle memory. And once you build muscle, even if you quote unquote lose it, you build it back faster. If you say you took it two years off, you reduce down to a normal size. I've seen bodybuilders do this. If they start back bodybuilding again, they get their muscle back 10 times faster than somebody just starting building it. Hmm. It's already been built. Now, I don't know if that's a law of attraction. They're anticipating, they know it better, or there is a really a muscle memory. But it's that same concept here that if you sort of toil through it, like I feel, you know, I, I, toil is a bad negative connotation to it, but you sort of work your way through it. I do think you, you develop a better foundation and that you could go up and down the scale at a quicker pace or, you know, go up the scale at a quicker pace. But the, the more, if you haven't done it in that middle work, your tendency to slide back down happens very quick. And I noticed that for me early. Well, I, I don't think it's bipolar in nature. It, it would appear to be bipolar. I would be really up. And I can remember one time in particular, I, I was, I just moved up to Virginia and had a lot of stuff happening. And my son, Chris was having some difficult times and I was really just new in the practice, really in the law of attraction, really positive, 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 even though I had some negative stuff at the new job I had at the time. Uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm still looking at the positive of the job. And, you know, I'm working really hard. And then my son, Chris, just had a total meltdown at school, threatening. I mean, he hadn't been in school a week, and they were threatening to kick him out already. And it was just this mess. And I remember going, walking in until I heard that news going from, feeling like a nine or a 10 to all the way down. This is useless. I, this doesn't work. Uh, it, it immediately down to a one or a two. Mm -hmm. So it was this almost bipolar feeling shift to it. While I'm not bipolar, obviously it had that kind of, it had that feeling. So I will go on and state the hypothesis and agreeing here that I do believe there are people that 
are probably thinking or diagnosed as bipolar, and that is an inaccurate diagnosis when it would be more of what you're talking about. Does that really? answer the question? Oh, okay. Sure, yeah, that's an interesting answer. Yeah. I, I, mean, yeah. I We really had no idea how to answer it because, obviously, we're not you know trained in, in the psychotherapeutic sciences. So, I mean, we've never studied any of that stuff. So that's really interesting that, that there I not, yeah. it had not occurred to me there could actually be people who are misdiagnosed who are actually just people who haven't really learned how to do the intermediary, intermediary steps. Well, and, and I think there's so many people. I, 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 again, this is these are just random what my observations are. I've, I think probably I think of the of the population just using the United States because it's my the group that I've worked with, obviously. Uh, I would say people that are in truly a real clinical depression probably run one or two percent of the population at most, at hmm. most, okay. one or two percent. However, the population is often diagnosed at more of a 10 to 12 percent ratio of people wow. with depression. And I, I think that, it, it again, this is a theory and not fact. I think it's misdiagnosed as, you know, versus a clinical depression that is chemically imbalanced that needs a, a medication component versus someone who has life has created this feeling of helplessness and it, you're depressed because of that. It's not a lack. It's, it's like my story about the young man uh, that we talked about uh, that was in foster care that his mom passed away. You know, he was being treated with Prozac for depression. Well, Prozac was doing very little to help his mom not die in prison. Right. Uh, it, it, it didn't help that at all. Once he focused and understood all of that, he, as an individual, defeated what they thought was depression. Mm. It was never depression. It was his own, and he's in complete control of that. And I, I think that reframing or reviewing, you know, we talk about this all the time, redoing your thoughts of, of the past or what you're viewing or, or, or is compounded. Well, you know, everybody in this kid's orbit kept saying, well, how does it feel for your mom to have your mom die away? You're in foster care and she's in prison. Well, I mean, he was, he saw 20 therapists that asked him that same question. <laughs> and you know, of course he's like, well, well, you know, it was surely you're depressed because of that. Well, they, he was depressed. Certainly his mom died. He was very sad, mm -hmm. but it isn't clinical depression that can be helped with a chemical. Mm. It isn't a lack of serotonin that caused him to feel negative. It, it, it's not a, you know, it, it, that didn't cause it. Right. Uh, it, it was, it was caused by a severe traumatic loss in his life for anybody to lose their parent at any age is hard. It's compounded the fact he was eight years old when it happened and triply compounded that he was in foster care and had very little emotional support when it did happen. However, his incredible resilience and ability to determine all this, he cured himself of that. Wow, that's Period. great. He did. He did. And that and so that that's sort of the same concept here with with that you know, ability to live in now fixes things. The ability to really look at where you're at fixes things because it's not reliant on a historical view or a fear of the future view. So if you're trying to, to become more of a live in the now person, let's say you've, you've bought into the idea, okay, I get it. Living in the now is where I should be. It's really where my only power is. And yet I continue to be haunted. My subconscious mind continues to throw at me all these memories about bad experiences that happened in my past. Well, how am I supposed to deal with that when I'm trying to live in the now? 
Well, there's there's multiple ways of dealing with it, but I I think you know the Dr. Wayne Dreyer used to really be into tapping before he passed away. I don't know if you're, I know you are, but I don't yep. know if our audience is real familiar with that. But it's the concept. It's it's sort of a form of acupuncture, but you don't use the needles. Uh, there's meridians in the body, and you tap on these meridians while while these while you're focused on the negativity. And this is a way of relieving it. But there's also there's there's meditations, there's you know cognitive behavioral uh, uh, therapy and coaching where you you really sort of walk through you know the, where you're at. You know the the idea that that events happen. We, we I don't argue with anyone where you've been. Uh, you know, the, one of my examples is a lady that came to me had been that had spent many years with a psychiatrist trying to determine whether her father molested her or not. And my initial reaction, or my mis, uh, initial statement to her, was sort of offensive, and I didn't mean it to be. I said, "Well, let's just choose a side and move on." And um, it wasn't that I was minimalizing her trauma, but she had wasted years. On a on on a discussion of something that had happened, and or not happened, and not really, and 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 not living in now about things, not living with with today, and and she lost years of her life in that debate that he had passed away. I, I, I if 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 she was was molested, there's certainly stuff she needs to work on and deal with the emotional side of that. But but the debate of whether it happened or not exhausted her. For years, mm-hmm. and once she was able to, you know, j- just say, okay, well, let's just say it happened. What do we do? And I hooked her with a trauma therapist. We continued life coaching, and she's thriving today by by, by moving on from it instead of stuck in it. Mm-hmm. And and so the things happen, but us using today is is reframing is a term that I use in life coaching all the time. Where look where we're at. We're stuck. This happened. You know, I, I talked about me eating out of a trash can in the middle of my addiction as a horrible event. I have reframed that event because of a lot of things that have happened. And, and I don't view that, you know, while I don't want to eat out of a trash can again, it's no. certainly not the event that it was uh, because of uh, other things that have happened in my life. So, so things happen, and I can either get stuck in them or release them today. One of the most effective pills I could ever develop, which doesn't exist, by the way, um, and and if I could give you a magical pill that would just delete your perceived negative events in your life and the things that slow you down today, all the, all the failures that have kept you from performing, if I could give you that pill and, and you just delete all that, you'd be, oh my God, that would be great. I, I, could, I, w- I wouldn't have this baggage and I could move on. Well, we're voluntarily holding on to that baggage. You don't need that pill. We have that pill. It's right inside of us, and and that that's that ability to get in there, living in today. What is relevant? When I was, you know, ten years old, this happened. Okay, it's relevant in my development today, but you know, it, it, it's it's where I'm at going forward. I, I have people that have had horrible childhood experiences uh, that that were stuck in them, but I I reframe it and say, look what you overcome. Look what you've overcome. Look how you've defeated that. It, I challenge you. Well, it's never an, a, an event that's po- you know no traumas were good to, that happened as a child. It did make you the person that you are today. I know an incredible lady that lives in the, the Reno area that I've been coaching with for years that had a horrible adoptive mother. She was 
I would almost describe her as evil mm-hmm. um, in the in what she did to her daughter. However, when you re, when she reframed that and she looked at it and she said, "My mother unintentionally." created one of the strongest people to ever walk the face of the earth because I refuse to give in to that. Mm. I am stronger because of what I went through as a child. She reframed that and almost instantly reprogrammed her current situation by looking at what the event made her. She survived hell and is still alive today. That's really that's, something. That's resilience. Yeah. Well, it points to the idea that like you said, it, it probably isn't the best idea to completely eradicate the memories because the memories are how how she understands, for instance, and how you understand with your own life, how it is and what it is that you did to overcome adversity. And in that sense, it made you stronger. So you really don't want to lose that memory. What we're really talking about no. is wanting to remove the sting of the memory. We don't want the memory to torture us. Yes. Yes. Because right. when, when you take away the sting, now it's like, it's oh, yeah, that happened, but it doesn't hurt anymore. Well, and, and I'll also even take it a step further. Not only taking away the sting, which is a great way of putting it, but I want to take it and say, not only did that event, it was it hell, and, and, and it's not hell anymore, the sting's gone. I can see where it was a necessary event to make me the person I am today. Mm. So I... I I need that. I needed that event in my evolution of life. I, I wouldn't be the man I am today without the, the, the horrible hell I went through my addiction. I don't want to do it again, that's for sure. sure. But at the same time, I can celebrate. I survived that walk. Whatever life has for me today, it's silly to think that I can't overcome that. <laughs> True. It, 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 you know, when, when, when you, when you pull yourself out from the, the garbage can eating days and, and you live in today and, I, and, I, and, you know, my problem today is, uh, I don't even know, I, I, I can't even think of an example to use of, <laughs> of, you know, I don't have anything to even talk about, but, but whatever life's going to bring me, I have a hundred percent track record of dealing with everything. I'm going to continue that. That's, you know, I have it. I have it covered. I'm strong enough to handle. I don't fear it. And with, within that is a great power. And that's that reframing process of everything that you've been through was part of your journey. You can make it part of your journey or you can l- allow it to defeat you. It, it's, you know, I, I shared a while back, uh, what was it, a month or two ago, I was at the Social Security office and oh, right. I was watching people get their disability and, and, and you know, and, and talk about their disability and, and they're, you know, they can't get another job because of their disability. And it's just this negative. And my statement of the biggest disability that they had was being on disability. Yes. Because it, 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 it really, it was glorifying their trauma to a point of, well, I'm going to get money and medical coverage because of my disability. And I always give the disclaimer, there were people there that are in true need of help, and I'm not talking about them. I mean, they, these were severely, profoundly mentally disabled people and physically disabled people. That's a different category. But I'm talking, you know, I, I would, again, not judging any one condition, but I was hearing people talk about, well, I'm, I have this, you know, I have fibromyalgia, I have uh, chronic stress syndrome, I have this, and they won't give me my, my disability. And I so desperately want to say, oh, my God, you, 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 that's why I had my headset on. Uh, cause I, I almost couldn't help but not comment on some of that. Mm. Let me, 
let me walk you through that process because right. uh, I, I, I don't want you to be disabled. And it isn't that that's causing your disability, it's your perception of that that's causing your disability. We did a show um, earlier this week, Monday afternoon. Uh, Cindy Chavez actually joined Wendy and I to do the show because I found a post on Facebook um, by a woman who uh, is an ex-Muslim, self-described ex-Muslim, and she was uh, recently exploring law of attraction, but she was disturbed by some stuff that she had seen that Abraham had said and perceived it as blaming the victim and that the you know we're holding the victim accountable for you know getting raped or attacked or you know whatever it might be and so we did a show about that one and it's a tough show to do it's a it's a very wow. tough one but what you're bringing in here actually adds another element that we we kind of touched on but we we didn't really touch on a lot which is how do you perceive what happens after the fact how do you do, how do you deal with it yes the fact was terrible yes it should not have happened but how do you deal with it afterward and and that's that aspect of victimhood that I, I think we just kind of overlooked in, inadvertently, but it's an important one. Yes. Well, it, it, if there was ever everybody that we deal with, um, that it, from my perspective of the law of attraction, it the the one sticking point, and for me included, by the way, was the concept of blaming the victim. Mm-hmm. It, it it was it was it. I, I I don't know of anyone that in their their process of, of looking at how the law of attraction works. It, it's like, okay, we're blaming the victim. And we've talked about the concept of blame before. Yeah, It isn't bl- blame is the human version of it. Blame is, you know, it, it is the Perry Mason court case where we're going to figure out who's at fault here. And in, in, in the law of attraction, the law of attraction is, is again, emotionless. It isn't trying to blame. It doesn't care. Mm. It it doesn't. It doesn't. It, I, I use this example all the time. You know, I'm an avid weightlifter, and one of the things that that I've always and I, and I see where I can equate the like my weightlifting to the law of attraction and how it works is a a a, a two hundred or a three hundred and fifteen pound deadlift. That's the thing where you just pick three hundred fifteen pounds off the ground. That weight. It doesn't care if you're disabled. It doesn't care if you're you're smart. It doesn't care if you're stupid. It doesn't care what's going on in your life. Either you're going to pick it up or not. That's Pretty it. much, that's it. it. It's not negotiable. That's yep. it. it they're, they're, it, it th- and three hundred and fifteen pounds was three hundred and fifteen pounds in nineteen fifty, in eighteen fifty, <laughs> in sixteen fifty. It it has never changed. It doesn't. It's no different. So that the measurement remains the same. It, it's it's it, you know. Well, I can't do this because my knee hurts, and the barbell basically says I don't care. I'm, I'm still. Through, I don't care. It's irrelevant <laughs> that you can't do it because your knee hurts. Yeah. If you you either move me or you don't. And I have seen people with one arm lift it. I've seen people with one leg lift it. I've seen a, 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 a young man with Down syndrome. Uh, that that had worked his way up to doing that. I've seen I've seen people with pro- severe disabilities lifted, and it didn't care. It just was there, and mm-hmm. that's the law of attraction. So you get you can get stuck on blame, or you can get you know here's where we're at. And I I don't I don't like the fact that you know that we as society have have become a blame based system 
where we're we're looking for who's at fault and we're going to you know hold this accountable and do this and argue about who who said what and do all. It, it's irrelevant. That's one of the first things I do in counseling with families. We can spend. I, said, I can make. You know, I make a hundred dollars an hour in sessions, and I can spend the next three weeks every day arguing about who's at fault. If you want to do that, I can make a lot of money doing that. I don't want to waste your time or mine. We're moving forward. The concept of blame is not relevant to today. To our, our topic of the of right now, blame isn't relevant. We are what we are. We did what we did. We're a product of our decisions at the end of the day. Have people set out to harm us? Absolutely. that They have, and our interpretation of that participated, but it's all not relevant to where we're at. You know, it, it, it's like we said, um, you know, we talk, I use, uh, it seems like I don't have a week that goes by that I don't bring up gravity, but, <laughs> all right. you know, I'm on top of, I'm on a hundred story building in New York city, cleaning the window. And I, I don't tighten my safety strap. Right. And I slip and fall. Gravity doesn't go, you know, God, it's not his fault. He forgot to do that. I'm not going to pull him to the ground now. You know, I don't see anybody running around going that damn gravity. It, it, it's, it's, it's not fair. Mm. It, 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 it's blaming the, it's blaming the victim here. Gravity. That man didn't do anything to deserve the fall. I don't hear anybody having that discussion. And it's the true. same thing. And yeah. I'm not trying to minimize people's trauma, or, or, and I'm not trying to minimize what people have been through, but understanding that our response to what we've been through is our decision. It is, and no matter who you are, it is our decision. I, I have a very unpopular, and, and, you know, it's very unpopular in today's belief system for a lot of people, but, you know, I, my, my son, Justin, who's doing extremely well, uh, you know, he's uh, 12 now, and uh, in October he's going to be 13. And I adopted him, and and just I've seen him thrive in the last year and a half that he's been with me. Fantastic. But we had a we we've had a couple of moments, and and where he you know he came home one day and he says, "Dad, I'm being bullied at school." And I said, "Well, that's an interesting choice." <laughs> and he's like, he was like, "Well." Well, what? And I said, well, I don't know why you would choose to be bullied. And he goes, no, 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 you don't understand. Somebody's bullying me. And I said, again, that's an interesting choice. It takes two people to be bullied, a person to bully you and another one to allow it to happen. Well, that is so against what they're teaching in schools and all this. And I'm not, and trust me, I'm not about kids picking on kids. I'm I'm not in favor of that. But at the end of the day, it, it is a, if you can call me what you want to, my response to it is up to me. If somebody physically attacks you, as I, you know, we, we walk through this process with him. I said, son, if somebody pushes you, you will follow the school's rules. You go tell the teacher, you do what you need to do with that. If the teacher doesn't do anything and this continues, then the next time he pushes you, I want you to take your fist and start punching his face until he, it is is on the ground. Don't stop until somebody pulls you off. And uh, you will not be bullied. You will not have to accept that. You will follow their rules, but if they don't do it, she says, but I will get in trouble. I said, then that's my job as dad to go do that, to take care of you, to, to advocate for you, because you don't have to go through Now, that is not, I'm not at suggesting anybody follow that. That is my personal belief that, that and that's what the law of attraction teaches me. It is, 
you know, I don't want him to, and he, he will be in severe trouble on restriction forever if he starts it or if he's the bully. That is not something that I tolerate. From right. Him. But we, we, how we respond to things are in our control. One of his questions was, well, what if he's bigger than me and gets beat up? I said, well, we'll deal with that too. But at least this, I promise you, he won't do that often if you stand up to him. Even if you lose a fight, you won't, if you won't, let's look at it that way. Well, he's not had that problem and he hasn't had to fight because he hasn't fallen into the role of that victimhood with it. And it's just, uh, um, you know, it, and he's, you know, I, I explained to him, I said, you're a gold medal winner in Taekwondo. And he is, he's great at Taekwondo and, and sparring and all that. I said, so you don't need to use that, but I need the confidence that comes with that. You don't have to accept it either. And, uh, and he, and he, it's, it's resonated well with him. Mm-hmm. And again, that goes against where everybody's at today. It, it's, we, we have become, in my opinion, we have unintentionally become a society that, that glorifies and reinforces victimhood. Yes, I agree and it, completely. It is the, yeah, it's, it's terrible. And it, it's, it is, it, and I, 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 and I, I usually we're on, I would love to be on the upslope and the positive of, uh, you know, toward the end of the show, and I don't want to go backwards, but that, that is a point. But, but that's what I want to celebrate with now. The power of now allows me not, whatever has happened is only as relevant as I allow it to be. Mm-hmm. And that's today, right now, at this moment. I have an incredible life. I, I, if, as I'm scanning to give an example of something negative a second ago, I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> I don't even have a thing to tell you I'm sort of worried about. It doesn't happen. And, and that's, that's a beautiful place to be. And I have no ear. My health is wonderful. My relationship with my son is amazing. I love my career. Uh, financially, I'm in great shape. I, I, I don't have anything to worry about. My biggest challenge is I need service on my car in the next week. And, and I just got to schedule that. So that that that's my big thing, right? <laughs> it's like it's I, I could tell. I could tell uh, it's just eating you up alive too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just destroying yeah, you. <laughs> and, 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 and I, I have a service. It, this is even more disgusting. All, all I have to do now because it's a new service that my car dealership offers. I just got to call them. They have a key, and they come get the they car, get services, the car. and bring it back to me. <laughs> So, so your you know, hardship is that you, you just don't have a car for an hour. <laughs> well, no, I have another vehicle. Oh, you so another vehicle. Drive that vehicle. <laughs> so, so you you get my point. It, it, that, that's it. That's all I got. And uh, I, so, it, but but this is one of the things that I'm finding amazing about now living in now. It. it you know, when things seem to be overwhelming, one of the tools that I try to have everybody bring to the table is let me revert back to right now. Whatever I'm fearing that is going to happen may or may not come true. It doesn't matter because right now I'm okay. What happened to me as a child or last week or I might lose my job or all this, or it's not relevant right now. I'm going to run out of money in six weeks but it's not relevant right now. Um, the, 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 wherever you, wherever we get to, if you can revert to now, all of your power, everything that we have in life exists in right now, this moment. Well, you talked about how, um, people are, 
or how society promotes victimhood unintentionally. And I think we can kind of cut to the core of it right now with a question about what you just said. Isn't it true, I'm playing devil's advocate, isn't it true that if you're just going to live right now, you're really keeping your head buried in the sand? Because that's what most people would say who are promoting this, unintentionally promoting victimhood in society. Right. Well, and, and, and I've, I've heard that argument. If you're living in the moment right now and not doing anything about the things that are in your direct control, you're probably right. But what I believe in living in right now is, is I, today my goal is I want to work on the things that are in my direct control. I want to, I'm going to work. I don't need to say, well, things are so great. I don't need to go to work ever again. You know, I don't need to do that because things, no, that's not living in now. Living in now means take care of what's here today, right now. Put your power, what you're thinking of me is irrelevant. What I'm thinking of me is, is relevant. What is, I can't control you. I can't control what my boss is going to do. I can't control what my kid's going to do. One of my neighbors asked a question the other day. I think every parent of a boy asked this question at some point. If boys don't like to wear, you know, they want to wear shorts year-round and, and don't want to wear jackets when it's 30 degrees. Mm-hmm. And that's just what boys do. I don't know why. It's, and I don't either. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing shorts when it's snowing. That's I think I do. So, so she asked the question, you know, her son, I think, is seven and, you know, transitioning from the age where, you know, it's hard for a mom to go to that next stage. She said, this, this is a Facebook question. Do does anyone else make their son wear a jacket or make their kid wear a jacket? And my response is, it's an illusion that you can make them. You can make them leave the car with it on, <laughs> but they're not going to keep it on. So you know, quit the battle, stop the battle. It, it, it that's not his response. With a jacket is out of your control. You're not a bad parent if he's not wearing a jacket. You can send it to him. You know, I, I you know, Justin, they say it's cold. I'm not wearing a jacket. No problem. Don't call me in the middle of the day saying you're cold. That's your problem. You made that decision. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm not going to sit there and get his argument. So so yes, if you're doing nothing about the things that are in your control, that is escapism. That's not living in now. Living in now is actively working on the things in your control to to, to manifest the law my, my next book, by the way, will be the law of action. Ah. And and that's what I talk about. Taking action today about the relevant stuff. That's what's taking care of the future. But it's not worrying about yesterday. It's not, you know, well, I have never been able to successfully take a test or do something. If, that, if that's my mindset, I got a test to take today, that's, and I put the test off, that's irrelevant. That, that, that's where I get invaded. Mm-hmm. I'm going to aggressively take that test. I want to study for the test. I'm going to do the things I need to do. I need to go to work today. I need to, to develop new clients. I need to do the right. I didn't wake up today saying, you know, I am so contented today. I'm not going to do the LOA Today show. Yes, I didn't how how it worked. Yeah. I didn't wake up. That. I'm excited about doing the LOA. That's in my control. What we do today is, is almost wasn't almost didn't connect with you this morning. Um, yeah, but, we had uh, trouble with that. But yeah. We were able to connect. <laughs> yeah, we were able to connect, and we have this incredible show going today. I feel very positive about our show. This is in our control, Walt, and that's what we're selling. Now isn't about burying your hand and said, now is about action of things in your direct control. That's today. I can't do something about tomorrow, but I can do something about today. Something I've seen and, a couple of times on Facebook lately, um, particularly in a law of attraction group that I pay attention to, 
I've seen two or three people, <clears throat> excuse me, two or three people posting about how they have an exam coming up. They haven't studied for it, but they want to do well on it, and they're asking how can they use the law of attraction to do well on it. Well, um, and, and that and that's where people, I think, misuse the law of attraction. I, I, of course, you're going to use a positive thought, you're going to, but the law of attraction is about if I want the the law of action that is necessary portion of the law of attraction is to do the if I want to do good on a test, I need to study for the test. I'm currently working on a doctorate doctorate in metaphysics, mm-hmm. and I have had probably 20 exams so far, over 2,000 questions, and I've missed one. Wow, very good. Um, and I and I still and I still think I'm right on that one. But that's <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have evidence. I, uh, I have a 99 point, I forget what it is, but it's 99.93 something in the class. And uh, that didn't happen because of the law of attraction in the way that people say it. The law of attraction tells me what's in my control and the law of action is I study every day. I, I read the material. I, I listen to podcasts of the material. I I have like four or five formats I can do. I listen to YouTube videos on the material. I I, I take action that matches what I'm seeking. The, the, where the law of attraction, I think most people get stuck, is your action has to match what you're trying to seek. When you're, you know, you're taking action by not taking action. I, I have a test coming up, haven't studied. How do I use the law of attraction to get a good grade? Well, no, you're talking, how do I use magic? Because that's law of attraction is not magic. It's a law. The law of attraction requires us to ma- have matching actions. You, can't, you cannot believe that you're financially secure and you, you go around feeling like you don't have any money or you're desperate all the time and complaining about your app. That's not an action matching. And you, know, you, you, you have to have a, you know, the, the idea of me performing and doing the things in my control, and that match, what you're talking about is exactly about today. Mm-hmm. Right now, today, if I want to do good on a test next week, I need to be studying today. That's, 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 it, it isn't meant to, the law of attraction is about doing work in a positive manner, but not being distracted by the things that does, you know, don't, it needs you to take action. You know, the, the idea that uh, I want to sit on my couch and manifest everything, I'm not saying it's not possible. But deep down, part of the belief system, if you look at you know the the the, the twelve universal laws, one of them is is there there has to be this act, there has to be a matching perception of of what goes on. The ocean moving back and forth is actually a motion that creates a lot of things. That it's a necessary movement. A stagnant ocean wouldn't create what it creates. A stagnant person. Uh, in the law of attraction, you're not taking the action to to make the manifestation happen, and, uh, and that's why it's so important. As but, you were describing that, a thought was going through my head that I hadn't occurred to me before, but it seems like the obvious question to ask one of these people, which is, if you're not studying for the test and you're hoping that the law of attraction is going to somehow miraculously give you a good grade on it, which means that you're getting the good grade without actually knowing the material, why are you taking the class in the first place? What's the point? Right. Right. Well, and that's that's my complete belief that you, you what are you what are you trying to accomplish? If you're trying to use the law of attraction to not, you know, not get, you know, take the steps you're supposed to do. If you want to take a class, you want to 
take it to learn it, to understand it. I want to know everything. The reason I'm taking this metaphysics, part of metaphysics is the law of attraction. It's, it's the category of which is, is and, and I love the whole everything. There's a lot more to it, but I love learning all this stuff. I want to, now a lot of the stuff, well, I'll be honest with you, is stuff I don't really particularly have a deep interest in, but it's part of the concept and I need to learn it. Mm. And, and I need to take action to go forward. Like, you know, some of, some of the stuff involved is, is paranormal stuff that I, I, I'm like, eh, I don't really necessarily get into that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm open to the concept. I've, I've always, you know, I, 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 I'll hear what they have to say. So I'm wanting us to understand the power of exactly of now requires a matching action. That that's that's you know uh, Mike Dooley speaks about that a lot you know of, of we we it isn't about sitting on your butt and just hoping it's about an entire feeling and emotion and when you take the physical steps necessary to get what you want to get then you believe that that's a real possibility then you really then are feeling what you're doing and and then that's the emotion that's put out there then it becomes self fulfilling. It, it really, you know, if I if I'm living in Antarctica and I want to open a, a a ski a jet ski rental place, okay, it's not a matching action. It, it doesn't. It's not matching. I'm not going to play. It's unlikely that uh, at the at the South Pole I'm going to be renting many jet skis. So an action necessary if I'm hell bent on renting jet skis, I'm going to need to go to an environment where jet skis are needed. And there's people that want to rent them. That, that's a that's common sense. Well, there, and there's one thing lacking today is common sense. But I understand your point. <laughs> common well, sense yeah, is I mean, short it, supply it, it, these but, days. <laughs> well, you, you, you can't you you can't hope and not take action to match it and expect there to be. So the idea I want to I want to pass a test and never ever study for it. It, it, it it's valueless at that point. You're you're not believing that's a rational thing. The law of attraction is going to dismiss that entirely. Yeah. Yeah, you you really need to take a look at what your motivations are for taking the class in the first place because they aren't adding up to anything that makes makes any sense. Absolutely true. Exactly. Well, we've got about a minute and a quarter left. I just wanted to, first of all, mention if you have not subscribed and shared, please do so. All the instructions on how to do it are right on the homepage, LOAToday.net. If you haven't been there, go take a visit. It's all right there. Also, if you decide you want to call in sometime, that's how you do it. You use the Zoom platform. It's all right there. Very simple. In fact, we've made it about as simple as we know how to make it at this point in time. So nothing more to be said. There it is. And, Joel, if somebody's looking for a little more personal assistance, how do they reach out to you? Uh, my uh, website is joelelston.com. I have uh, joelelston at Gmail is my uh, email address. I've had some recent uh, people responding to the show with some great feedback, and I really appreciate that. Uh, special Mentioned to a lady named Elizabeth who reached out to us, and I really appreciated your email, and I responded. Hope you got that. So we, we really uh, are touching a lot of people with this. I'm very excited about where this is going. I do think this is our year. Well, then let's do it again next week. What do you say? I uh, plan on it, my friend. All right. Well, I do, too. And we hope you all will join us as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.